Hi, and welcome to the Mark for Glory podcast. This is episode number 16. Today we have a special guest from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, who's a boxing coach down there. Hi, Sue. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So maybe we can start by you telling people a bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Well, I'm Sue. I am a uh, Rock City boxing coach, like you said, but I'm also uh, a Parkinson's yoga instructor. I'm certified in power moves uh, and delay the disease, as well as a few other Parkinson's certifications. And all we do here is Parkinson's. So I own Crush PD Fitness, and we try and cover everything from rigidity to balance all the things that come along with it and do our best to address them for each person, giving them a unique experience customized to their needs. And for uh, people who haven't seen your TED talk, scroll back a couple of years. Uh, I was born in Pennsylvania and immediately moved to Georgia, like when I was a few days old, but then we moved back. So I spent most of my life in Pennsylvania. My grandmother uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's in her early 40s. So she was told to go home and rest. And then during my lifetime, there have been about seven family members, I think it's seven right right now, on my dad's side that have had Parkinson's. Although we've been tested and we don't carry any of the genetic markers that are known, it's it's out for my family in some way. (laughs) So, right, you know, watching her go through having Parkinson's the way she did without the exercise, I really wanted to make a difference in people's lives to change uh, their experience for not only them, but for their families and give them the best quality of life possible. How many people in your family have Parkinson's? Been, I think seven during my lifetime. So a few of them have passed away. Um, right now, my dad's cousin was just diagnosed. He's in his 60s and was just diagnosed, I believe, back in December. I came into running. And from running, I went into personal training and found just the generic personal training. Like it's an unsatisfying career for me. I mean, I love helping people, but it just didn't seem like what I was really looking for. And then I had a client come to me and he had Parkinson's and I was like, oh my gosh, my heart melted. He just, I adore him. His physical therapist came in and she said, there's more you can do. Did you know that? And I said, I didn't. And she gave me some direction and helped me get started. So she was really the catalyst for where I am today. And as long as well as him, it was so life-changing. And honestly, it was the minute I went to the training, I just never looked back. I knew this was exactly my purpose for being put on this earth was to help people with Parkinson's. At what point did you get into boxing? So I had gone through the power move certification um, and then delay the disease. So that would have been a couple of years into doing it. And I knew Rocksteady was out there. Of course, they have a a very well-known presence. A friend of mine had a friend whose husband had Parkinson's and she had gotten in to Rocksteady for the training. And instead of taking her husband, she took me. I didn't know this woman. She made the decision within 24 hours of speaking with me. We were on a plane like two days later out to Indianapolis. And that's where we got into the boxing. Do you only train people with Parkinson's? Uh, Parkinson's and Parkinsonisms, yeah. Okay. What's the biggest challenge you find with training them? I, I think the challenge is everybody is so unique. And I think that's, you know, just true with people 
you know, across the board. But when you talk about Parkinson's, you're talking 200 plus symptoms that can manifest any way they choose. You know, I'm always thinking on my toes, what can I do to best help this person? How are we going to make this movement appropriate for somebody who can't stand up? And then you have somebody who can not only stand up, but they can jump rope and, you know, they're newly diagnosed. Now we, we divide the classes into um, different levels, but we also sometimes bring the groups together. And in those all level classes, I actually find that's where everybody thrives because people who are struggling will look at somebody else and like, well, if he can do that, I can too. Or if she's doing that, I want to do that. Let me work harder. I think the challenge comes from having to constantly be thinking on your toes, adapting the workouts, but that's what I love. So, you know, like bring it on. Have you found a method that's more effective for training people? So I mix stuff up. Certainly I have a lot of uh, different backgrounds. So I've done everything from being a spin instructor to a yoga instructor, you know, the boxing, you name it, I've kind of done it all. And what I find is when I create high repetitions, when we do things over and over again, and they learn a pattern, and then I layer that pattern, that's where I get the best results. Do they do any partner drills? We do. In fact, we were doing some today. So in some of the classes, we have the spouses, caretakers, you know, somebody come along with them and they can work with them. But in um, the higher level, you know, the one, two classes uh, that we offer today, we were using pool noodles to hit the bags with, you know, just something different. And then they were doing drills with each other, just a little reflex kind of hitting each other with the pool noodles, you know, getting that response to block the black the hit. And it was just a lot of fun. I love seeing that. We also do things where we, you know, kind of tap gloves and we challenge each other to stretch. So you put the guy who's like six foot three with the woman who's, you know, five, five. That's always a fun one. <laughs> so how did you get into boxing yourself? Uh, through Rocksteady. I was just so soft before. <laughs> now I'm uh, putting the gloves on every day. The Rocksteady was my first exposure to boxing. I have to say the learning curve was steep. I started uh, doing boxing workouts at the gym. I would come home and watch boxing videos, trying to learn anything I could just like absorb it quickly because in the training, you kind of get the general outline, but then it's, you know, you go home and it's figure it out. <laughs> and I knew people wanted it and I wanted to do it well. I've coached a few people and help out at the gym. Yeah, I'm not like a certified boxing coach or anything. I've just have a bit of experience. Like I have experience doing a lot of different martial arts. Mm -hmm. So one thing I realized was they're all related, right? So yeah. if I don't necessarily know like the quote unquote boxing solution for a problem, I can just go to karate or something and just kind of guess my way through it. So it's so funny you say that because the other day I was like, this is what you get when you cross a yoga instructor with a box, <laughs> with the boxing and they were laughing, but it was like, okay, so we need, we need to create this movement in a boxing workout. I said, let's just do this yoga move and we'll just add a punch to it. <laughs> they were having a lot of fun with that. And how long have uh, you been uh, doing yoga? Uh, so the yoga started about seven years ago. Um, I started going to class and in really in my, probably my third yoga class, the light bulb went off. Like, why aren't people talking about this for Parkinson's? This should be at the top of the list because when you're talking rigidity is one of the most troublesome symptoms with Parkinson's. I mean, right there it is. Yoga is kind of the key. 
And it also creates that mindfulness, that calming down, coming into yourself, being aware of what your body's up to, uh, where we can avoid that. We can really avoid noticing what our body's doing when we're strength training or when we're boxing. But when you have to stop and really think about it, it creates a whole new like mindfulness and also it's de-stressing. I have a lot of the class members take it, but their spouses will also come in because they find it important to take care of that side of themselves as well. I have a question, Sue. What's a Parkinsonsism? <laughs> it's, it's things like multiple system atrophy or PSP, progressive supranuclear palsy, just things that manifest similarly to Parkinson's disease, but aren't Parkinson's in the traditional sense. So there's a lot of good that can be done for people with those Parkinsonisms through the same exercise protocol you use for Parkinson's. It's just the way their disease progresses is a little different than uh, a traditional Parkinson's, but we can still help. We can still make some really big changes for them in a positive direction. I guess ataxia would fall under a Parkinsonism. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they'd officially classify it as that, but I would guess that it would be, yeah. I know the symptoms are similar. Yeah, yeah. I think all these brain disorders, they have a lot more in common than they do different. I agree with that. You mentioned mindfulness, like when people are doing yoga. I find it's important like to help people relax. Like that's something I learned in karate because you think it's all about tension and about power and strength, but the real power and strength comes in the contrast between relaxation and tension. Have you found the yoga or that ability to relax and release fear and other stuff has helped people's boxing? I have. In fact, I will say there is a very different appearance, the way they move, the way they present in each class, the people who take my yoga just move and look different. And it's, it's definitely better. They tell me that depression leaves, the anxiety leaves, or at least it's lessened, which that's a common symptom. And that's a really hard one because if you have that anxiety, it's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to put on your clothes and it's hard to get out of the house and convince yourself that you want to come into a classroom full of people but when they can come into a yoga class, and a lot of times our yoga class, it's, it's dark, it's calm. The environment we create, you know, we have candles and things in the room just meant to keep it really low key where there's no judgment. You know, I always say there's no yoga perfect. There's always a yoga practice. Nobody's ever perfect. When you see a picture on Instagram, they probably fell three seconds after that was taken. You know, don't, don't judge yourself based on what you see on the person beside you. This is just your body that you came in here with today moving. You're connecting with yourself. I think that just taking that judgment off the floor as soon as they walk in, that's one of the like most relieving things. They, don't, they know I'm not expecting anything out of them. If you walk through the door, you've done more today than everybody else who stayed home that alone, you know, convinces them that they can get in. And then they see the successes, even though they're small successes sometimes, and it might take months to see any big changes, that's okay. They're moving in that positive direction. That's all we're looking for. The nice blank wall beyond you, you could do with a quote on the wall or painting or something. This gym, when we came in here, was a wreck and that wall was a beast. 
Um, it was chewed up. I thought I was going to have to put something like a banner to cover how bad it was. So I came in here every day up on the ladder for about two weeks and I was spackle and sand and spackle and sand and spackle and sand. And then it looks like that. And now I'm like, I don't want to touch it, but we do have a big TV. I don't know if you can see it. There's a big TV on that other wall. Yeah. We run like uh, disco balls on sometimes during class or beach pictures during yoga. <laughs> do you ever have any... Uh, guest instructors come in? So we haven't had anybody recently because of COVID. We've kind of kept people out. Uh, we do have this really fun guy who comes in. His name's Matt Woodson, and he does drumming for Parkinson's. He is so fun, and he'll teach, like, um, drumming classes. It was such a good time. So we're reconnecting with him to do that. But other than that, no, we haven't had any guest instructors recently. I want to have a boxing instructor in here, a karate instructor someday, just to kind of see if they can put a little spin on what I do and make it, you know, maybe they're a little tougher than I am. <laughs> Is there any advice you have for somebody who's newly diagnosed, uh, maybe going through some depression, feeling isolated? That is really a common occurrence. So when people come in, it's a beautiful thing and it's a challenging thing. The doctors will diagnose them and then tell them to come right over here. That's hard because, the, you know, people take time to process. We're only human, right? You've gotten some news. You have to process it. It might take a little bit of time. Once you've ex like, accepted, and I say, you got to take that pill, right? It, it, it is the diagnosis they gave you. The best thing you can do is start quickly and be proactive. When you come into a group of people with Parkinson's, I don't know if it's just our group, but I've, I've heard pretty similar in other places too. It is the most welcoming, supportive group of people you will ever want to meet. They will answer your questions. These are people who are paving the road ahead of you. They know what you're going through. They will be there beside you. They certainly will welcome you in with open arms. The depression and the anxiety are some of the things that uh, people struggle with. In fact, we were talking about a class member today who was diagnosed. He's been in and out. You know, it's, we're struggling to get that consistency with him. You know, it really boils down to you're, you've got this diagnosis. And if you're a young person, you know, how long do you plan on living? You know, if you're, you're 40, that's another, you know, 40 plus years and you want that gold standard of living. What are you going to do to maintain that or to achieve that gold standard? That's going to look very different than a person coming in to see me who's 83 or 88 or something. And they just got diagnosed. They may say, uh, you know, <laughs> I figure, you know, I'm, a, you know, getting to the end and I'm just going to box and have fun and really just maintain what I've got going on. Those are two different scenarios, but when somebody comes in and they're young, or even if they're in their 60s or 70s and just diagnosed, we want them to, you know, see that there, there is a path they can take, but the choice is theirs. You know, we can't twist their arm or make them do anything. But I think most people really want to see their, their quality of life be up here and Parkinson's be a side note when you commit and you really dedicate yourself to this kind of stuff. I mean, that's a seven day a week commitment and a lifestyle change and dietary changes, but that's, you want the best out of it, you've got to go for it. You've got to put it all out. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank you, Sue, for taking the time to have this quick chat with us. Um, thank you, Sue. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks again. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>